Welcome to The Lost Signals Discusses Literature, where we apply the revolutionary mod skill to classic and contemporary works of prose. So, join us once again, won't you? Hello there, welcome back to Lost Signals Discusses Literature, and I am Scott Thurlow, here with my fellow infectee, Jonathan Ian Manzer. The plague, ooh. Las Plagas, and yes, so... We're going to discuss uh, Albert Camus' The Plague. We're not necessarily going to review it normally on our scale, but we think it's uh, quite timely. And I, I just happened to personally reread it. Actually, read it fully, because I never actually read it all the way through originally, years and years ago, just because of the circumstances and felt it'd be an interesting little change-up to discuss sort of the facets and uh, the things contained in the novel. And to be fair, I read this a decade ago. Yeah. But I did a refresher summary of it, and I remember, or at least thematically, uh, quite well. Yeah. So yeah. So given that, um, it was written in, or I believe originally published in 1948, and it is about a town in Algiers, France, Orlan, whose citizens experience a resurgence, or the plague hits their town, and it's about just them sort of dealing with it. Like, like I said, a lot of perhaps somewhat parallels to some real life situations, and just an exploration of a sort of the human spirit and the human uh, mindset in the face of such an event. So, well, Kemu was very interested in the absurd. Yes, exactly. And perhaps an an enemy that you can't see, especially kind of a one with such a storied history as mm. the bubonic plague, no. but that you might think of as a relic of the past hitting and how people interact with that is a fascinating topic uh, to write about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I agree. And so, like I said, I started, I probably read part one or two out of five, I believe, total. Uh, again, many years ago myself, and just sort of happened to glance upon it on my bookshelf and thought it would make an interesting conversation, or at least to discuss a bit. Uh, very and, much like certain characters, unless it, until it hits you personally, you're not interested <laughs> in the topic. Yeah, true. Uh, so, like, yeah, of course, like, I, uh, in my younger years, and we actually did review The Stranger many years back on the on this show, so, I don't know, E, like, what do you think is the most either important or interesting aspect of this novel? Again, to go back into it, it's the react... Uh, all right, so, going into this, I, I've read some commentary on this work, and some people say that it's a metaphor for the rise of Nazism and things like that. I always I interpret it that. as a look at how humans face such an absurd, absurd situation as... like. To bring it to modern times, we're facing a lot of absurdity in America and worldwide right now because of the uh, COVID nineteen. And this ha- that COVID nineteen has n- uh, no nowhere near the death rates of the of, of the this uh, iteration of the black plague in uh, Iran. So it's actually kind of almost underserving the absurdity. Uh, but I, I do That's like how each character kind of represents a certain way of dealing right. with. A, a, a traumatic An event. event such as that. And I think that's kind of the point, right? Like, mm. so one of the amusing things, like, yes, it's a serious novel and explores that stuff, but it's Camus, so it has touches of ironic humor, like little jokes here and there, like little funny things, or at least darkly humorous, at least. And yeah, I think there are probably about four or five main characters, or at least central characters, that represent like various facets and reactions mm. to such an event. And uh, something that I thought funny uh, was funny at. It's framed as if, like, the narrator is sort of unnamed, as if they're a collective, like, of the town itself. But it certainly focuses on the main doctor, Dr. Ryu, I believe. And then at the end, it's like, the the author now must reveal himself as Dr. Like, yeah, it was obvious. Like, thank you. Like, it's your story. It's been been your story the whole time. But, I mean, that doesn't, like, in any way 
undercut the point of it. I just think it was a funny narrative choice. Well, while we're talking about the Doctor, if you want to go through, because I think it's uh, yeah, a good sure. way to discuss this is go through the characters. Uh, the Doctor is it's important part of his major uh, one of his major aspects is he's an atheist, uh, yeah. and it's a humanist but pragmatic look at those who have service uh, who who define them identity by service yes. and as yeah, a well and will take a tragedy as not necessarily a moment for their own glory but as a fulfillment of duty and you could have had this in many different cases soldiers uh, in other works that perform similar feats yeah. but anyway the the professional who faces the uh uh the uh, the crisis at hand yeah i think it's uh, agreed interesting that so there's dr Ryu, like i mentioned and then there's Taru, I believe, who is, in fact, like, so early on when they, in fact, so it's a colony, right, essentially, an isolated town, at least. Mm-hmm. So they have to, the government says, you'll cut off the town, you'll lock it down, and then we'll send help later. So they're all forced like to shut, you know, change their whole lives. But Taru is a outside, like a visitor who happens to be like staying in the town and was caught in during the plague. Mm-hmm. So he was, I believe, the one who starts the uh, cleanup crews, like just volunteers to help, help the, the general servicing of the patients and so forth, right? And then you have a man named... Um, oh, before we go on to that, I, because I think we should go break down okay. uh, characters as we go along. Teru is fascinating because, again, he's the outsider, but I think it goes to the humanist argument of mm-hmm. uh, that, that I personally feel uh, uh, flows throughout this work, is that and then it doesn't matter what group you belong to, we're all humans when faced with a, a uh, an enemy that we can't uh, com- comprehend, let alone... Uh, like face down, like a uh, yeah. like a Nazism would be, and that he becomes uh, one of the saviors of the town in a, in a sense, even though he's the outsider. But it doesn't matter at that run. We're all human. Yeah, facing that no crisis. longer like is identity. Like it's part of his like identity. Like before, like everyone's like, oh, he's he's a foreigner, he's a visitor. But yeah. as he becomes more involved, like that sort of divide dissolves. I guess mm-hmm. we're saying. I think that is an important point to show, like the humanistic element, mm-hmm. uh, and at least uh, filtered through that character as well. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry. So, that's well said. And I'll go on to uh, another uh, name again, the four or five, like I mentioned. Uh, the next one I like, at least, is Qatard, the old man, like, sort of bitter old man who, early on, he's found uh, attempting suicide. And then, like, weirdly, like, I think he's a fascinating character because as the plague sort of devolves the town and the, the people's mindset, he starts sort of getting uh, involved in shady smuggling, like, uh, illicit goods and providing services, uh, like, smuggling pe- people and goods out. At least he's involved in it, so it's heavily implied. And that's sort of like, the, as the worst the town does, he mentally feels like... Was that Katard? Yeah, I believe uh, so. I'm fairly sure. I thought that was the old man who... Who was the guy who couldn't, uh, couldn't finish the book? Is that That's him? Grant. Oh, Grant. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so I'm getting that. But I think Katard's interesting mm-hmm. because he sort of, as predatory, like exploits like the situation mm-hmm. because he was already... Like, as mentioned, I believe there's a passage where he has already gone through the mental, like let's say, assault of what the plague does to the regular townsfolk. So he feels that now he's sort of justified. Like, now everyone else is feeling what I felt beforehand when I was, like, you know, in a situation where I felt like taking my own life was the only recourse. So I think that's another but interesting of humanity. I think you said that, uh, or described his character very well. And it's interesting to pair him with the outsider. I don't... I. Don't have everyone's names fresh in my memory, because that man is an outsider, but is brought into the fold. Yeah. While this man is an insider, but 
uh, almost makes himself the outsider. Right, he exiles himself while yes. they're in exile. So but, but by his own selfishness, yes. his rejection of the group. Yeah, I think that's interesting juxtaposition. And again, exploration of people's reactions to an event like this. Yeah, so um, we'll go on to Grand. Um, he's sort of the older... He's been working in town as a, um official clerk, like at the uh, municipality, mm-hmm. pretty much. And he's very good at his job. He's very sort of meticulous. He does the graphs and the charts. So... Uh, with, with when Tarot sort of gathers the group together, he's volunteers to keep track of like the death toll essentially mm-hmm. and the stat, like I said, the stats and make, making their charts and graphs so they can track the progress of the disease. But he also has a very interesting personal sort of backstory history, which goes to the humanistic element in that his great like loss slash sorrow slash regret is that he has a lost love and he's in his personal project, which is hinted at for the first couple of parts, and then he finally reveals it because of. Re- all these central characters form a very close friendship. He's basically writing a love letter to his lost love, but he cannot get past the first paragraph, like sentence even. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, again, a very Camus literary like joke to make, like inclusion. But I still think it is not so far-fetched to imagine that it can't be the case, uh, the way he described the character's personality uh, before that. So what well, do you the, make of that? The doctor mentions that he's the kind of salt-of-the-earth character yes. here. Yeah, true. And I think that uh, it's... an existential crisis that many of our generation faced prior to perhaps the virus and uh, of awaiting the call to adventure and instead of uh capturing it yourself and making a legend out of yourself you're waiting for the and grand is a character there who uh lives a mediocre life but rises to the occasion when uh the circumstance prevents itself and Probably, if the uh, plague had never hit uh, Iran, he would have He's continued his made it. But he gets revitalized by uh, the external call. Yeah, I think that's an so, interesting point, yeah. and I think that is valid, like relevant. Like, I think you could see that Camus was sort of like, if not outright going for that, like was using that as a mm-hmm. lens in which to view this character yeah. and that sort of mindset and event. And then there's one or two more. Uh, Rambert also is a the journalist who. Mm. Also, sort of technically a foreigner, like a visitor to the town, gets caught there. And I think he's quite fascinating, too, because he also exemplifies a certain mindset where he's, him and many others are cut off from their loved ones. Mm. He has a wife or at least a lover in Paris, in which his only goal, he spends like the first third of the novel trying to uh, escape, like getting, like, smuggle himself out, like making these plans, getting introduced to shady characters. And it keeps falling through, like, over and over. And he gets so frustrated. And then it's revealed that uh, someone, I think, one of the two characters I just mentioned, says to Rambert that, oh, you know, Dr. Raru, the main guy who's trying to, like, mm-hmm. everyone's looking to for guidance and for help, his wife is also, like, he's in the same boat as you, and he's never complained about it. Mm-hmm. And that sort of shakes Rambert to, in fact, like, reevaluate himself, A, and start volunteering, like, being part of the sanitary cleanups yeah. and, like, the patient. Well, um, I think he's a good juxtaposition uh, to the criminal no. in there is that they both start off as selfish. But uh, Rambert, perhaps, yeah. is uh, yeah. uh, it is French. Uh, d- uh, decides to become part of the unit as opposed to, and and the criminal ends up getting punished at the end for being selfish. Where yeah, I forget well, what happens to Ram- Ram- so Rambert is embraced like, and his wife. Like, yeah. When they when they the plague finally subsides, the, the death toll goes down. They um have enough serum, and it it sort of uh gets they the, the winter also helps out with mm. stamping it down. So his lover comes back from Paris and they reunite. Oh, yeah. So uh, he's rewarded for yeah. being unselfish. Yeah. So like that's it's all very like 
all those dynamics. I think there's. I think those are all the characters. There. Uh, the priests. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm waiting for you. I knew it was one I'm giving you. So, <laughs> tell us about the priests. Uh, the priest is a godly man and is uh, again. It's uh, he juxtaposed against uh, the doctor. Uh, they, I believe, have quite a few de- uh, religious debates yeah. uh, throughout this, and he ends up, I believe, rejecting God at the end. He has a literal crisis. Yeah, of faith. and it's the worst pun. One of my least favorite puns <laughs> in literary history. He, uh, his death has doubtful case, uh, which basically he dies because uh, from the illness or something so but it's basically implied that he dies because uh he loses his faith in god yeah, it's, it's uh, a, both highbrow and you're like like eye rolling like it's it's, it's it's funny as hell yeah but i mean like so is he, that may be like more humorous but mm-hmm. early on again after the, the um the events of the town they come to realize like in fact yes this is the plague it's happening mm-hmm. and so like there's still like there's still panic you know people are unsure what to do the the priest uh, i'm sorry i don't have his name i'm trying to find it but he gives a sermon and at first, it's all like, uh, no, this is God's justice. Like, sort of like the kind of religious rhetoric that you come to expect from yeah. a priest in that situation. And then as his own, uh, faith crumbles, he stops, you know, he doesn't, uh, adhere or subscribe to that mindset as much. And then he is uh, also part of their crew, like a volunteers who goes around helping and, yeah, catches it. And then, sort of, again, at the doubtful case thing. But I'm saying, like, at least he does sort of change and grow as a character and specifically within his quote-unquote profession or at least um calling if you will and yeah i think that's an interesting thing to say too like father penalo father penalo yes yeah, however uh, sure but yes thank you that is the special yeah. name but i just think like again that's an interesting and insight into the mindset of humanity mm-hmm. especially again of someone of that sector who sees their entire worldview like start to collapse in front of them because of what's happening in yeah. the feel powerless and helpless and that quite force it forces him to question his faith which it is heavily implied that that's a contributing factor to his succumbing to the plague so uh if we're uh, if we're finished with the character analysis now i want to talk about how the uh how, the progression of response to the disease okay. as it goes yeah. through okay. so it begins with the rats dying and people it's almost it's, <laughs> i made this joke earlier to you it's almost like jaws where many people don't yeah. want to admit that a problem is happening, whether they don't want to be the one to raise the alarm, uh, because it's a relic of the past that they don't, well, they will be, they won't hit in happen. modernity. Although, uh, I know that, uh, Camus bases off of the cholera epidemic more so than the bubonic plague. <coughs> but the, uh, and then how each individual then deals with, uh, the, when it, when it becomes a real event, uh, whether it's when it personally strikes them and they decide that, uh, oh, this matters or people who from the forefront were trying to raise the alarm or people who overall just, uh, as we had that one character who says, uh, I'm going to remain an individualist and make, uh, save myself and profit off of this. Uh, it's, it's an interesting progression, uh, throughout. And it actually seems very realistic to, uh, granted, COVID-19 doesn't have the death rate that this had, but it's, uh, interesting to see the modern parallels to how people yes. are treating where you have people who are like, everyone stay in, wear masks. You have people demanding to uh, return to work, uh, to be able to, uh, live their lives and how, you know, Campbell was very, it's a, it's interesting in a literary work how it actually worked out in real life. Yeah, like the parallels there. Yeah, for sure. 
and yeah, I mean, I agree. Again, it's it's a fascinating exploration of all that stuff, and I suppose it might help since that uh, you and I are just personally more familiar with Camus as a mm-hmm. philosopher and writer in general. Sure. But I still think you can appreciate it uh, on the surface as is, and what it says, and like again, how he explored that stuff. Um, there's a few other characters that you mentioned. Um, something that reminded me there's not a major character, but there's a prefect, essentially the, the mayor mm-hmm. of the town. And the Jaws thing like reminded me of it. Never compare with Mason Jaws. <laughs> Never compare with the mayor from the play, but. Like, it, he has an interesting turn, too, and his wife and child die. In fact, I think they test the first batch of serum on his child, on his son, and it doesn't quite work. And then he has to go in quarantine, and at the end, he's he survives, he's okay, but he voluntarily stays in the quarantine camp because he's changed by it as well. Like, before that, you know, basically your stereotypical, officious, you know, bureaucrat, but it's, you know, changes his psyche as well. It's almost like the mayor Joe's got on that boat himself to yeah. hunt down so, the shark. Like, yeah. It's all like the, the actual, like he was face to face with it. So mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting turn and inclusion as well in terms of, again, the broad spectrum of humans and their reactions, as you mentioned, to an event, a catastrophic event such as this, in which there's really no recourse. There's no enemy to fight. You just have to wait it out. So, huh? uh, I don't know. What do you want? There's nothing. Yeah, yeah. So speak of that, actually, let me ask what you make of this. There's a large section in which, the narrator slash who we know now is Dr. Ru sort of describes like the general lethargy of the town. Like again, it almost goes through like broadly the stages of grief, I guess I want to say is the closest comparison. Oh, that makes sense. So there's this one where like they, they're like accepting of it, but also it just like, it's like the gray days match the, uh, the mood and misery of the people in which time has ceased to exist for them. They, they don't, they no longer reflect upon the past, nor are they looking to the future. So I feel like, that might be somewhat of a parallel you can draw to some some people's feelings of what's happening now as well. But I mean, I think it's because it's so broadly uh, human humanistically applicable. I think it's a very well like insight, a good insight. So I have uh, an interesting personal experience. I'm going to share here. Uh, I had uh, one. Of, I'm a, a teacher, and we had a meeting for uh, one of the few meetings we've ever uh, had during the semester mm-hmm. uh, to discuss it, and we we're talking about oh, everyone's doing during the. Uh, COVID thing. Someone's like, oh, both me and my husband had got, uh, gotten it and we recovered from it. It wasn't as bad. And like, we're all gonna like, be like, oh, congratulations. And then we find out the person, uh, in my screen who was next to them on the Zoom call lost their, uh, uh, brother and sister yeah, to it. And, uh, the mood, like, it, it, it's interesting how the more personal it becomes, the more immediate it becomes uh, the effect yeah, it has upon the i think that's uh again this is what a 50 percent death rate in the play something like that yeah. like uh that means everyone has a person they know who yeah. passed and i mean it's having to be like a closely like a larger but closely knit you know, town so like mm-hmm. it's like all the neighbors know each other yeah. right so like oh i used to go to this shop or cafe all the time and then it's closed up because either yeah. person is dead or in quarantine so yeah it explores like you know that sort of decline mm-hmm. but yet there's still like a a very well sense of close-knit community even if there's some suspicion or you know like mistrust uh, yeah. amongst the people well i mean people aren't perfect creatures and uh, i think that i mean even if you look at the historical aspects mm-hmm. of black death how uh you would have people who became pure hedonists you have people who would go around mm-hmm. uh, uh flagellating themselves because uh to make up for the punishment to of god these are extreme reactions to try to, and, and attempts, attempts to control Something that's uncontrollable. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think we can explore that a bit because, as I mentioned, the novel touches upon that where people try to hold on to anything that they can control, Mm -hmm. even if, like, they know, like, really in their heart of hearts, it's really, there is nothing to control. You you have no hold on this. It has a hold on you, really, instead. 
but yeah, I just think it's fascinating because that doesn't really change because that's the human mindset in general to such a thing. But yet you can see the positives to it, or at least you can see the community coming together. Or like you mentioned, like when Tyru decides like, well, we should do something. Doing something is better than doing nothing. So, so Here's sure. my idea. Mm-hmm. We might as well do this and at least organize it. And that, that way we can do whatever help we can provide. That's something we can actively pursue rather than just sitting back and passively letting it all happen and watch it happen to us. Yeah. So I think that was fascinating as well. So yeah, man, like, I just think, like, if we had to, did in fact rate this, I would probably give it a 10, maybe a 9 for a minor nitpick or something, but mm-hmm. I would highly recommend the novel The Plague and Camus in general. It's perhaps, again, relevant, and you can see, like, both the dark or the negative and positive aspects to humanity's reactions. I actually think like there this. has been a mild reinterest in this work mm-hmm. because, uh, well, Camus is a well known philosopher in America. And uh, it's called the plague. And yeah, well, it's uh, timely uh, to a certain extent. So yeah, sure. uh, I think that if a person is interested in exploring human reaction to it, and mm-hmm. I think it's actually a very hopeful story, because even though it does have its negative uh, characters in there, overall it's about rewarding, uh, not doing the ethical thing because you get rewarded. Uh, either through your religion, it's doing the ethical thing because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, no matter what. Uh, and coming together as a community to face a challenge is, uh, uh, again, you see characters get rewarded for doing that. Yeah, and like, you're right. Like, I think it's important. They're not seeking it. Like, mm-hmm. Teru has no end goal, per se. Like, yeah. He has a lot of back history, which we didn't go into, but it's still, it does flesh out his character quite a bit. But it's not like his motivation to. But even it. his ending was fitting for his character. Yeah. Because uh, he's the, one of the last people to die of the plague. Yeah. But this, but this was his moment to, he found what he was looking for through the plague and he might have lost that at the end of it. So it's fitting that he goes out with it. Yeah. Uh, at the height of his, and the fact that he puts up such a, uh, uh, I, I think he rages against the uh, yeah, uh, disease uh, itself. Where his description is like he seemed to fight it like more than any other patient that I've mm. seen, and like of course like it, it's a bit of a tragic edge there, of course. Because, a bittersweet. Uh, yeah, exactly. He survived so long and like did so much good and you know um, organized all the stuff. Yeah. And the, it's like part four, I believe, or even five, when the plague is dying out, like the numbers that that toll is going down week to week, day to day. Mm-hmm. And then he just catches it and fights it for two days, and that's his end. But yeah. I think you're right. It is a fitting arc, given that what has come before. And many other characters have, like, not if they don't necessarily die of it, they do have a fitting end and arc, like I said, uh, Rember and all that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a very excellent exploration of the human spirit and endeavor in the face of Las Plagas, if you will. <laughs> And yeah, I, I think we both highly recommend it. And oh, I certainly perhaps, do. Yeah, I actually recommended it to you a while That's ago. That's true. And like, like I said, like, <laughs> but it took uh, again yeah, an immediacy to for me sort of spurred me on it. Yeah. But I, I'm saying like maybe as a PSA, just general recommendation, given that it's happening now. If you're out there listening, do check it out because it's an incredible like the translation. I think for like the one I have. Yes, I, I very on. much like uh, that that series, series of. Yeah. Uh, so whichever one that is, like, again, Camus is a great writer anyways, mm-hmm. but of course he originally did write in French, but I'm just saying, I, I even reading it this way, mm-hmm. it's still very impressive. He's still, it is, to me, extremely satisfying to read a great writer who also has a philosophy that I'm mostly in line with, and I like mm-hmm. the way he presents it. So, oh, absolutely. And given, again, through a situation of plague and or disease, etc. Which, uh, I just want to have one last thing to mention about that, which is, considering... <laughs> 
the negativity of I don't have uh, the I, I'm a, a heavy smoker. <laughs> Considering the negativity they had in like, things like the myth of Sisyphus and in the Stranger, to have him write a hopeful, yeah. uh, a, a call to action almost uh, for facing unknown is. Uh, it's almost the uh, reverse uh, of uh, uh, Voltaire, who yeah. falls into, uh, starts off hopeful and falls into complete uh, yeah, right. cynicism it's and depression. It's invigorating yeah. to have that. Like, you know, it has its highs and lows, but it does end on a, a more positive note in mm-hmm. general. And characters having learned something about themselves and their reaction and place in the world. And let's be here. You have nothing else to do. You're watching this <laughs> podcast. Uh, so go read. Uh, yeah, and actually, like, it's a quick read, too. It's like less than 300 pages, something like that. And mm-hmm. I read it like in a week or less, so. Huh depending on your pace. But yeah, I think it's something that's relevant and can maybe like on the surface, you know, could, you might be like, ah, can you believe reading the play? Like, haven't you had enough of it? Can't you, know, can't you take any more? I'm like, actually, it was rather, uh, again, an uplifting experience mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And you can start placing all of your friends into uh, <laughs> uh, what right. characters they're playing in yeah. this. Yeah, that's a fun game as well, for yeah. sure. So yeah, I think that'll do it. Like, just a <laughs> little, nice little conversation about the plague. And if this anything we said appeals to you, do check it out and mm-hmm. check out Camus in general. Or if you disagree with our interpretation, yeah. feel free to yell at us in the comment section. Yeah, exactly. Any engagement is better than no engagement, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah. We exist, goddammit. <laughs> we are here and we do not have the plague, but we, are, we have read the plague and discussed it uh, to a degree. All right. So, I think that'll do it. I've been Scott Thurlow. I've been here with my fellow plague survivor, Jonathan Ian Mander. And may you not be the last of the victims. And we shall see you next time. Good night. Goodbye. Editing and engineering by Scott Thurlow. Music by Christopher Morgan. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes for the shows, and on Facebook and Twitter for updates.